You don't know? Is your coffee ready? Yeah. I'm okay, well, drinking it. Well, you better dr- chug that coffee down so that you're ready to go for this podcast. The people Are you need talking to, to know- me or your yeah. listeners? Not, well, both. Both you, you and my listeners need to chug some coffee so that they're ready for what's about to happen. You know what's about Co- to happen? What? That's about that. Drum roll. So a few years ago, I, oh, this was like eight years ago now. I did a communion talk at church mm-hmm. and I was using, uh, referencing uh, The Weight of Glory, an essay mm-hmm. by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And at the time, because I was, you know, 17 or 18 or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't understand it whatsoever, you know, so I, <laughs> In my talk, yeah. I said, if you want to read this essay, I, re- I recommend a gallon of coffee. <laughs> Recorded in front of a live audience. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. We are checking out the new features on this recording software, and they have some really funny media little things that you can add in. So when Dylan tells a joke, my brother Dylan have to throw that in. Dylan's joining us today because we're going to talk about money. Aren't we, Dylan? That's it. Lots of money. Lots of money because money's important and how you spend your money um, in your 20s and what you do will determine whether or not you live with your in-laws when you're 31 and <laughs> with two children. <laughs> we're actually not, not we're, wrong. We're not uh we're not there out of need. We're out of there because they're being generous. We could have our own place, but um it's just a funny joke to laugh at myself for the four or five months that we'll be spending in my in-laws. So um Dill, you were really good with money. Um so was Colin. Uh Colin was a little too good with money. And I, I well, let, I'm gonna have to correct you right there. I don't think mm. I was ever good with money. Well, you married a woman who's good with money and I've always been able to make enough money to cover up my bad money decisions. Yeah. Okay. Well that works too. So I couldn't have Colin on here cause he hasn't made a money mistake in his life. And like, he, so it's like, Oh, you're too much of an expert for this podcast. We need people who, who are kind of screwy to come on here. I, <laughs> I still love that story when Colin was two and you were three. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. mom mom took you guys to the grocery store, gave you maybe a little dollar. older than that. Maybe uh, like four, five, four maybe like four and five. But mom gave you each a dollar and then you bought a candy bar and he saved his dollar. That's and right. And in the car you ate your candy bar. <laughs> and then Colin said, See, you don't have a dollar or a candy bar, and I still have my dollar. Yeah, he He probably still has that dollar. Like, most likely and he could tell you how much money he's made on it by yeah. investing it properly with his spreadsheets there's another lo- time mom that, loves uh, to tell that story oh yeah she told it in our fpu class uh-huh. not too long ago um yeah. one time in youth group um rob had us do an exercise in like little groups and he said if you had a thousand dollars what problem in the community would you want to solve yeah. and colin says when it gets to Colin's group, he says, well, I disagreed with the rest of my group, but what we're going to do is invest it into a growth stock mutual fund that will return 10% and double every X amount of years, 7.2 years to be exact. And by this time, we'll have $100,000 to pay off. And then he 
you know, women to his plan. <laughs> I would have bought a bunch of meals for the single moms for the weekend. That's what I would have done. So they didn't have to wait 32 years before they starved. But that's right. what I would... <laughs> Yeah, so Colin has a lot to say about money. He is an incredible saver and he's very generous. We have to give him a hard time because he did this better than both of us. And um, <laughs> I was thinking, okay, so um, I was thinking about poor mom and dad as they listen to these podcasts that we do because they tried so hard for 25 years to get us to learn some stuff. <laughs> and like they're just sowing seed on on hard soil <laughs> Like just trying to get it to take. And then finally at 25, it started to click. And for them, it probably had to be a sigh of relief. But for 25 years, it had to be like, dear God, children, learn these lessons. My gosh. No, (laughs) it made me laugh. Um, But you and I, so, I mean, I never had the credit card that, like I had a single credit card for Walmart that I had gotten in college that had a max limit of $1,200. Um, and I maxed it out purchasing part groceries and uh, part airsoft guns to, um, well, so me and my roommate in my sophomore year, our, our little uh, dorm room. Ricardo? Ricardo. Uh, our, my, our dorm room window overlooked the path around the university. And um freshmen and their new girls their ring by spring girls that they had just met during welcome week and the, the, the first semester that they were bound and determined to marry they would go on these long walks around the around the university and me and ricardo thought it was just we just thought it was so funny to and game to like shoot airsoft baby so by the time it hit them it only felt like it was like 30 yards away so by the time it hit him it kind of felt like a little bee sting but we just we thought it was the funniest thing. So that's I I I, I hit a max on my credit card from groceries and from buying airsoft guns. But it was twelve hundred dollars, um, and I got my own fair share of student loans. But I and uh, for me, I, I had less of a problem with debt. I mean, we still got the student loans. Don't get me wrong. I'm those are I'm eager to finish paying those down. But for me, I, the behavior problem I had is I just spent spent it, made it, spent it, made it, spent it, made it, spent it. I mean, even high school, uh, you know, like I was making $300 a week at men's warehouse. I was paid on Friday and by Saturday I needed to go back to work because I'd spent it on, um, just, you know, anything Chipotle and suits, because that's what every 18 to 19 year old kid needs is a wardrobe of suits. And, so that that was what I was doing. And I felt like I didn't learn my lesson to not spend every dollar I made until I was like, well, 25, because then I didn't have any money because I was interning for free. Um, so that, that was you more were mine. 25 when you did that internship? Yeah. I turned 25 like three weeks into it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I... um. I'm, There's, the reason I ask is that I'm a couple years behind on my beard growth. You are. Yeah, you are, you're I, at least 15 years behind on your beard growth. I remember right when you were done with that internship, you had a pretty good one when, when we started the table. The table, yep. And then I uh, 
I was like, that's how I'm going to keep track of, of mine. And yeah, like nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Um, nothing you can do about it, but yeah. Um, so had the, had the, those are like, I learned a lot by being poor and, um, I finally, uh, was willing to make the changes. What there's somebody who said like, most people don't change until it hurts too much not to change. And mm -hmm. I was so fed up with being poor and having to call dad to see if he had any extra jobs for me to do for some extra cash. Uh, that I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to finally learn to live on what I make. And, um, and then tithe, I will talk, I'll talk about the tithe because the tithe, um, is incredible and it will change your whole perspective on money and it will, it's a superpower. It, I don't know how it works, but um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story with money and cause you just paid off all your debt, you and crystal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you went on the Dave Ramsey show mm -hmm. um, where you publicly told America that you stole money from mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, Dylan, you just, you told America. There's like yep. 26 million listeners to this show. <laughs> I, and I knew that I knew that ahead of time. I knew exactly yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so am I clipping at all? I'm going to turn down. Mm -mm. Just turn down my gain a little bit. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, our attitudes with money were basically the same. Made it, spent it, couldn't hold on to it for anything. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest... I, I don't know why. I just... Uh, long-term rewards just don't exist for me, I guess, especially yeah. monetarily. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, the summer before my senior year of high school, I had this job working some, doing some contract work where I made $15 an hour, which today seems like nothing. Was that with Gary it, Southern? It was. The but air when, conditioners? Yeah. So yeah. if you're, but if you're, if you're 17 years old, making $15 an hour with no rent, nothing in every week, you get a paycheck for a little over $500 after taxes. It feels amazing. Yeah. You were living large. I was. Yeah. And then at the end of what I made, I was so excited because I, but when I got that job, I knew exactly how much I'd have by the end of the summer. And I was going to buy myself a car going into my senior year. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to have a little over $4,000. I could buy a nice piece of car. It, it was going to be great. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the end of summer came, finished up that job. And I had about, I don't know, 200 bucks. <laughs> I had no money. That reminded me of my internship. Hey, real quick, can you adjust your camera so that you right now you've got like a little two-faced thing going? There you go. Get Get your head in there. There you go. It's comfortable to lean over to the side. I bet it um, is. Yeah. So, so you were you you made a lot of money that summer, and you, by the end of the summer, you had two hundred dollars left, and you were not buying a car. Maybe, yeah. I yeah. definitely was not buying a car. No. Um, so that was my first job. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of senior year was just it was terrible. Um, Did you work senior year? I. I once wrestling ended, I, I, I did. I could I tried to apply for jobs while wrestling season was going yeah. on, but yeah, it's, it's just 
Where are you gonna work on? Where you're gonna just work on Sunday? You had no other days available. Hours. Yeah. yeah. So after that's when I got the job at the burger joint. Um, oh yeah. Someone what was that place called? Champa Street Burger Works. Uh, it's no longer there. I was um, like, that was a terrible. Their food was gross. Their food was gross, and I remember someone like pushed really hard to get shift lead. She had been there for like three years, and. Um, she was making like 25 cents an hour over minimum wage. And then she got shift lead and they gave her like a 15 cent raise per hour. All right. And I was like, yeah, this is terrible. All right. Hold on. Where's my phone? How much does, how much of an increase is that per year? Wow. 15 cents times 20, 80. Wow. 312 extra dollars per year. Yeah. Wow. Killing it. You factor in vacation and you're still making less than a dollar a day. And there was, yeah, no benefit. You know, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a fast food place, right? So that's where I worked. And, uh, actually I, I was pretty good at saving money at that job. Um, because that was my only way to pay for textbooks in the fall. Uh, when I went to community college. Right. right, Um, and I, yeah, I didn't go to college because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so Which I just okay. did, you went the right route in hindsight, it would have been perfect if I had been better with money. Oh, yeah. That's, the best way that's to true. It. Well, I mean, I didn't really know what I was going to do. And, uh, it, it was a very, very expensive way to find out what I did not want to do that's at, a, true. Pri- at a private Christian school out of state so, private. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and Yeah. Um, can't change it. Very thankful for that time in my life. But that, that was a, uh, I look forward to paying that one for the rest of my life. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll pay it. It's called, for it's, that. it's called a stupid tax. And sometimes everybody needs to pay stupid tax to make sure that they never have to go through that again. So, yeah. 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 Okay. So that job, I was okay at saving money from it. And then I went to, uh, I only lasted like three weeks or whatever. And then I went to men's warehouse. At Champa. At Champa. Champa. You only lasted, yep. not in college. You lasted three weeks at Champa. Champa, yeah. yeah. Because that place was terrible. It was. So, well, let me, t- I'll just tell everyone why I quit it so quickly is that they had a mandatory meeting on a Saturday. And I told the owner, I can't make that because that's the day of my high school graduation. <laughs> and he told me, Nope, no excuses. This is a mandatory meeting. <laughs> so I looked at him and I said, I quit. <laughs> and it, it wasn't like this big confrontation. It was just a, I can't believe you're going to say that. So I'm just, I can't work for someone like that. That's so funny. I was so mad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so I did that's not. My, I, that's my high school graduation. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No excuses. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Oh, Bye, Felicia. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So that's when uh, you'd hooked around the same time. I think we had gone in to get measured for Sean's wedding. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, so uh, that's when you introduced me to the guys at Men's Warehouse, and I applied then and and got a job there. Yeah, so that's right. That's how I started at Men's Warehouse, and then the spending continued because, hey, just like you said, 
there's Chipotle right next door. There's uh, near di- nearby, and then uh, next door was literally Buffalo Wild Wings, where um, I'm pretty sure I spent ten thousand dollars on wings over my two year career. <laughs> you probably did. Every time I you were stressed, loved, you ordered wings. I loved those wings too, mm. and I actually went in there probably it was probably a year ago now. And I almost threw up afterwards. That's because they're disgusting, Dylan. It's disgusting. Oh you, my gosh, I can't believe I ever ate those. No, you can't. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not gonna say that. But <laughs> no, they're they're disgusting. And you work in men's warehouse, and the clothes at men's warehouse. If you work there and you have to wear those clothes every day, uh, you nobody you want to look good. Yeah, of course you want to wear suits. Yep. And you're helping yeah. people pick out, you know, five yeah. five hundred dollars suits every day. You want to wear one yourself. So, yeah, and you can like what was that thing you could do where you you could like it would pay for it out of your check. PMDA, payroll right. merchandising debit account or authorization, yeah. something like that where yeah, it wasn't an, it wasn't a loan. I can't it believe you actually know the the PMDA acronym. Dude, sometimes I remember things that I'm like, like how do I remember that? I don't know. More like paycheck must disappear. A tie for a tire, or yeah, something. Anyway, we get suits. Yep, lots of suits. Kept on buying them. I think when I so when I finally moved out of that job two years later, I was made assistant manager at nineteen years. At nineteen, yeah. Dylan has a knack for getting. I think I said this on the podcast. Dylan has a knack for getting promoted wherever he goes to positions he shouldn't have. Yep. A nineteen-year-old managing a retail store, like yep. Closing the drawer with thousands of dollars in cash, managing people who'd been there for twenty years. John, John Bender. Well, yeah, I mean those old guys. There was nothing to manage. They knew how to do their job. So yeah, but it was and, just like John Bender served in the United States military as a marine. And, as a marine, and you were you were in charge of him. You're like, <laughs> like, who should thought have, about that? I should have said, John. I did not tell you to. Lower your salute. <laughs> that would be terrible. Uh, John, as your boss, I'm going to need you to. Uh... I'm going to need you to stop. Um, yeah. So when I left that job, I, again, had no money. Mm-hmm. Probably 20 suits and at least 80 dress shirts. Oh, and 20 pairs of dress shoes. Come on now. That's $2,000 worth of dress shoes. Um, at least more than that yeah yeah at 100 dollars. and how many of those do you still have uh i have two suits one blazer one pair of the shoes Mm. one of the belts yeah i think five of the ties and none Mm. of the shirts none yeah they're just gone wow yeah that's a that's a parable for somebody yeah. Not I, I don't have any of mine either, but we'll let you be the parable. Ugh. Yeah. And of course you do some math and then you look at, hey, if I had just saved ten percent of this money, mm-hmm. like if I had invested ten percent of my the money that I made there into a four oh one K. Oh baby. Oh, oh well. baby. So as you're t- <laughs> As you're talking, and I'm reminding that I did the exact same thing that you just described at Men's Warehouse, because I also had probably, I only had 80 dress shirts. You were, I think, but I probably had 40 or 50. And I had a bunch of shoes. I had a bunch of suits. Um, 
and I, I don't have most of those anymore. Um, and, but as, as, as you're talking and I'm remembering doing that, all I think is like, we, we were so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm remembering, I remember leaving the men's warehouse for my lunch break to go over to Sean's house to make sure that they were getting my subwoofer, my $800 subwoofer installed in my loom or in uh what was the car? The LeBaron. The LeBaron. That I was only going to be driving for two more months before I left it at home. But I had to make sure I had that an $800 subwoofer. Like so, so, so stupid. It sounded great as we were waking up the neighbors. (laughs) On our drives to to Seven Eleven to get monsters, when we came back to play more Halo, like, <laughs> golly, mom, yep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I'm glad we can laugh about it now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a time to always be stupid with your money. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm mean, I'm just gonna keep going with the story, and I'll go back later and revisit the lessons that I learned. So I left, um, well, before I left that job, as you know, I was moving to Boulder because I thought that I was, oh, and throughout this time, I was was a full-time manager of Men's Warehouse, and I was also going to school full-time. Yeah, I was an engineering major, taking 18 credit hours, Calc 3, physics, you know, all the stuff that nerds enjoy. And that's quite the class load my that final semester was the best call that was the best gpa i had ever had i had like a 3.9 gpa wow during prom season at men's warehouse jeez good for you it was wonderful you had bags under your eyes that dropped to the floor but yeah at 19 I'm just kidding. <laughs> 19 year old manager no t- i was probably 20 at that time anyway yeah so but before this is where the story so at this point i had never I just spent what I had, but I never had a credit card. Mm-hmm. So at the time, as you know, I was dating uh, someone else mm-hmm. and uh, we were actually getting pretty serious and I wanted to buy an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. So I went over um, with her to a, a store and Crystal knows this whole story. So mm-hmm. I'm not uh, giving anything up here and picked out <laughs> a, a very expensive ring Um Name and the price I, still. <laughs> uh, it was either a little over three or a little over four thousand dollars. Oh, okay. I I thought you were about to say like twelve thousand dollars. No, I. You know what they well, say: three years salary. Three years salary. Yeah, that is about three year three times my annual salary oh, yeah. as a manager. Yeah. Well, that's so, so three, that's what I spent on Chelsea's engagement ring. Yeah, but you weren't. 20 years old. Um, that's true. About that's to, true. Yeah. So I did not have that much, much money and they said, Oh, no problem. You, ju- you can just get our credit card. And then it's, it's a 0% interest over 18 months or whatever. So as long as you pay this amount per month, oh, you'll pay it yeah. off with no interest. How nice of them. I know it's very kind. So I bought it and, uh, I held on to it, moved to Boulder and that was the start of my credit card spending addiction is mm. what I'm labeling it as. Mm-hmm. Um, in 
And then it, when I worked in Boulder, I was working at a bank where everything is income is generated by loans. You're, you mm. know, you're going to, you're going to get your loan, but you're going to make uh, your 4% loan. You're going to make 8% on that money. And then the difference mm. there, that 4% is called arbitrage. That's how a lot of business people make, make money developing real estate and, you know, their business mm -hmm. lending and all these things. And that's, yep. that was the culture that I was kind of in, in, enveloped in. Mm -hmm. And what they don't tell you is that there's a huge difference between a, a business mortgage to buy an investment property and a credit card that, that makes it seem like rich, this is what rich people get their 3% back on their American express card. So yeah. I wasn't paying attention. All I knew is that I could make the minimum payments. Um, I was buying, buying stuff online, buying food for lunch, all this stuff. Um, just making minimum payments, applying to new credit cards. And uh, yeah, a year goes by. I got promoted again. <laughs> um, and anyway, a year goes by and that uh, that girl and I broke up. So now I was left with this engagement ring that I never gave her. Mm -hmm. And that's when I... Um, looked at my balances and I had a little over $20,000 in credit card debt. Mm. In a year, right? Year and a half? About a year and a half. Yeah. About a year and a half. Yep. Yeah. It was a true addiction. Yeah. I went to go sell the ring, but at some point it got a crack in it in the diamond. Mm. I have no idea how, cause it literally just stayed at the bottom of my sock drawer. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I got, Three hundred dollars for it. Hmm. There was a crack in it. They, in, the, who, in the diamond. Did uh, that, is that what the store told you? That's what the jeweler told me, and she. Yeah, I feel like uh, they're lying to you. No, they. Uh, th well, this wasn't the same store. Um, they mm -hmm. wouldn't accept it for a return or anything. Mm. Um, so I took it to a different jeweler, and they had me look at it under the microscope. And yeah, there was a huge crack in it. It was it was split in half. I wonder if they sold it to you that way. Diamonds they, are really hard to like break. Yeah, i i think I think the jeweler said like it was probably set incorrectly, mm. and then yeah, pressure just yeah. It so you got ten percent. You sold it for ten percent. What have you paid for it? Yeah, yeah, yep. So I was at that point. I was sick to my stomach. I didn't yeah. have any student loans. No car payments. Nothing. But I was sick to my stomach every day because my minimum payments were $600 a month. Mm -hmm. And you're 22, right? At this point? 21? I was, I was 21. 21. I was disgusted with myself. And, you know, growing up Dave Ramsey style, I didn't, um, this had nothing to do with anything that mom and dad said, but I didn't feel like I could tell them what really happened. Yeah. So I decided that the best thing to do is lie. Well, not, I didn't lie. I just didn't, I just didn't tell them. Yeah. So I didn't tell <laughs> you, them. You're not the only person who's fallen for that, by the way. You're like, I know. man, I really can't get caught. I better, 
I better lie. Yeah. <laughs> make something up. Isn't there a story in the Bible about that where the yeah. instead of getting caught, he like sends the the lady's husband into war and gets him killed? Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be this the story as old <laughs> it's the story as old as time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um anyway, I I stopped putting money on credit cards. I never missed mm-hmm. a single payment. Uh, my total balance came out to I think it was twenty six thousand uh, dollars when all when I finally stopped with credit cards. Wow! And then uh, that's when I also told mom and dad. Uh, it was mm-hmm. I'll never forget. It was New Year's Day of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. I called and uh, dad and said, "Hey, is mom there? I need to tell you guys something." And it was great. Because, you know, mom and dad, always so graceful, maybe too graceful, but, uh, you know, they're like, okay, what are you going to do to fix it? So I told them, hey, this is my plan. Um, Yeah. Well, this story gets better than (laughs) than that. Uh, I also was hoping to go back to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, mom still had some money in my, it wasn't in a college fund, it was just an, an investment account set aside for my college. And yeah. mom, I, I've already said this on live radio, so I'll just say it here. You told 26 million Americans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So mom uh, said, um, I'm going to transfer you this money. This is for your school. Just pay school when the bill comes. I, I mm-hmm. trust you. Mm-hmm. Well, she shouldn't have done that, apparently. Um, <laughs> now, I say that I stole it. Mom transferred the money into my name. And the only time that I dipped into that money is when I moved from Missouri back to Colorado. Right. Remember, I had that stretch of time when I didn't have a job. I dipped Mm -hmm. into that fund for about two months. Mm -hmm. And my truck had a huge repair. And then my my phone broke. Yeah. So two months of expenses. I didn't put anything on a credit card. But that was enough to... That plus the classes that I was taking. Uh, Mm Um. So I can't remember the exact amount, but it was about $6,000 <clears> that I took from that fund. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I remember... Hey, Mom, if you're listening to this right now, I just want you to know that you can trust me with $6,000 if you want to send me uh, a little check right now. I, I promise I will uh, only use it for the things that are necessary. <laughs> so remember at the beginning of this podcast when you said dylan's much better at money than i ever was no listen to this no i was not so in addition yeah. to paying off twenty six thousand dollars i now had to tell my mom that i that the money that she transferred i effectively stole that's mm. there's a way to make it different but at the end of the day yeah. if you the reason that I use that word is because it helped me keep a frame of reference for the sin that I committed. Sure. Yeah. 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 So this is, it's not something that was done to me. This is something that I knowingly did. Right. So right. I had that very hard conversation with mom and dad at mm-hmm. Christmas in 2019. Yeah. Just... That was so awkward. I, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and that, was that, so we were at the farm. We were at the farm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to tell them in person. Yeah. Yeah. And Crystal was there. 
Yeah, my my fiance. Hey, it was a good thing we were doing the family book club on a book about forgiveness. Maybe. You were like, hey, mom, dad, this book's all about forgiveness. This is a great time to re-up on. <laughs> so that was the time that I, that was the final straw when I decided it's actually time to make a change. Yeah. I said that I have some sort of problem with mm-hmm. money. I can't mm-hmm. keep it. I apparently steal it. Um, mm-hmm. I need accountability. I need help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's when I got the book, Every Man, God's Man, mm-hmm. which is one of those. It's kind of a cheesy, manly book, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's really good. I, I recommend it for anyone. And I found mm-hmm. a Bible verse that said, um, of course, now I, my computer's too slow for me to look it up. Um, the righteous man may fall seven times, though he rises again. It's in Proverbs. So, yeah. That's what 24, I Proverbs that's what I, that's what I started telling myself every day hmm. was I the righteous man can always rise again. I can be better than this. I can overcome this. I need to change everything about me from the inside out. Hmm. So um, Crystal and I decided from now on we're gonna we, we didn't join our accounts, but we are going to be accountable to each other. Um, hmm. Crystal almost broke off our engagement because of it. Um, the re now, wow, there's, there's another story there. Cause it, at one point in my mind, I had like, I had planned out like, Hey, as long as I do these things, I can, um, I can pay my parents back with them never knowing this is before I had told them. Mm. And then that day I was listening to the Dave Ramsey show mm-hmm. and a husband calls in and says, Hey, so I've lied to my wife for the last seven years. I've been uh, hiding my a gambling addiction and I have $200,000 in debt. <laughs> and she has, oh no my idea. God. she has no idea, but we're going to be foreclosed on the house in the next month. And that was a, that was a sucker punch to the gonads <laughs> for me. Yeah. Cause I'm listening to this call and I'm like, okay, I already know that this is an addiction, so I need to I need to come clean with this and just yeah. I need to nip this in the bud. So because you were like that could be me, it could be it because what like that's the thing about a site a cycle of lies is that they the web gets more and more complicated as time it, as things go on. So that day, Crystal picked me up from work. I told her and I said, I understand if you want to break up this engagement right now. And she said, "I not right now, but I still need to pray about that. Right, because mm-hmm. I had deceived her too. Then I told yeah. mom and dad, um, and mom. that's when mom told me the hardest thing that she's ever had to tell me. Mm-hmm. And I know that she did. It was not out of spite. Mm-hmm. It was very truthful. She said, I'm not sure you should be getting married right now. Mm. Mm. And that's the last thing that I'll say to you about it. Mm. And I was left in in tears. I don't know if you remember, but that whole trip at the farm, I was kind of an emotional wreck. And that's oh, why. This is oh, why. Del, I remember. <laughs> of course you do. Oh, I, I've, I remember. So, yeah. We had to have a family talk and it was like, what? Dill, what's wrong? So, yeah. 
took the joking of, too far. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, but lots oh, of things. Oh, I, re- I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that actually, uh, Crystal and I went for a walk and we decided to pray together. And I remember her, uh, she got, uh, as we were praying, she stopped me and she said, I'm getting a vision. And it was a, um, if I remember correctly, she said a, a broken pot that was still, it was like a, a clay pot that had been broken, but the, mm. the potter was still like molding it. It was a weird mm. dream, mm-hmm. but it was like, bro- it was already made and already broken, but still being mm. molded. So mm. it was like, okay, that's a, right. This is a positive sign. And from then on, I have um, been completely open and honest with mom and dad with everything. I, um, when we made our debt snowball, to pay off mm-hmm. all of our debt, we put that, uh, it was 6,500, I think is what we, we landed on is how much we, mm-hmm. we paid them back. Um, mm-hmm. paid off all the credit card debt, all of crystal student loans. And now we're in a much different place financially. Yeah. Um, you guys paid off how much debt, how fast? $67,000 over 27 months, 27 months. And you're how old you guys are how old? Uh, we paid it off when I was 26 and she was, uh, had ju- was about to turn 28. That's right. 26 uh, and 27. That's right. Um, so, I mean, cause as you're talking, there's a lot, there's a stuff that's about money and then there's other stuff that it's not just about money. Most of the money problems aren't really about the money. It's about, there's like other stuff going on underneath. Um, which well, is, I think, I feel like people, it should be pretty obvious from the story that you just told. Money is never the problem. It is yeah. always, always the a manifestation of a, of a, of an underlying problem, mm-hmm. and that's that's true in any really psychological dis, disorder with behavior. Like two behaviors mm-hmm. can be similar, but there's different mm-hmm. underlying problems, yeah. and that's why you always have to look at what the you can't look at what the symptom is. You have to yeah. look at the actual problem. Yeah. Wow. Um, Crystal's engagement ring was um, a little under three hundred, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you owe her a ring, is what you owe her. You owe her a fat rock, one for just being married to you, because you have a sword in the background. Hey, that was a gift. <laughs> it's a cool sword. Um, but no, you just listed off so many, so many things, so many things that could be like a. I'm trying to decide which which direction I want to go with you real quick first because you learn let's talk about the very practical stuff and then let's get sure. maybe get into like the deeper stuff. So what was money almost comes always comes down to behavior Rare, rarely does it come down to income and I can I can say from firsthand experience that it is behavior not income. Now income income for sure plays a role for sure. It's very hard to make any progress when you make 30 grand a year, uh, 20 grand a year. It's very hard. But, you know, after that, if you're above that, even if you're at that behavior matters significantly more. And I can say that from personal experience, because for a three year period, I couldn't get over that $30,000 mark, no matter what I tried. And for one of those years, I had significantly more money than I had in the previous two. And the only thing that changed was my behavior. Um, and now, like me and Charles 
um, behavior got better and better a year as the years went on, um, more self-control, much more disciplined, more planned, more openness, um, haven't, you know, fastest way to double your income is to get married, by the way. If you want a secret on how to double your income as fast as possible, just get married. Well, I think we triple ours. Well, yeah, that's because you've got a you've got a uh, um, money making machine for a wife over there. Um, and so she married someone who made fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, man she she loves you a lot. Apparently, yeah, for who you are, for sure. Definitely not what you bring to the table. <laughs> We're kidding. We love Crystal. Dylan's amazing. Um, he's just got to give him a hard time. Um, anyway, as our behavior got better, and by our behavior, I mean my behavior, Chelsea has never had a problem managing money. I mean, we had some different perspectives, but she never had a problem managing money. Um, I make less money than most people most of the people that I know in this area that I live in, Massachusetts is a very high income area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know just from pastoring people that I have more money to my name than they do. Um, and it's about behavior. Um, so even and, though you make less, you have yeah, more. I have more available. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he'd be like, well, are you living with your in-laws? And like, yeah, I'm currently living with my in-laws, been here four and a half months. And, the amount that we pay for our place that we live, including all of our bills and utilities was, is still what we're paying in Denver. So we're not actually saving money. I'm renting from, from I'm, I live with my in-laws and I rent from them mm-hmm. um, and I buy all their groceries. So I'm not actually saving money by living there. Um, it's about, but it's about behavior. So could you just add, add something to that and something that you learned? So on the very practical function, practical aspect of managing money. Oh man. Um, so the first thing is that at, with modern technology, we have the ability to check our bank accounts whenever we want, wherever we want. And that's called bank account budgeting, where you just see what your balance is and then say, yep, I have money to spend. Or you look at it and go, oh no, rent is due tomorrow. So I can't, you know, buy Chipotle mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> that can cause a lot of problems Mm -hmm. if you don't again you have to take care of these problems as soon as you can so Mm -hmm. everybody i think has a common sense that you got to live on a budget you got in order to get ahead you have to live on less than you make can we say if you were to find a budget how would you define a budget a budget a budget is a um cash action plan so it's a plan it's a plan for how you will spend your money every month. Mm-hmm. And it's on a monthly basis or a weekly that basis is, even. That is key right there. It's a plan for how you will spend. Mm-hmm. Not a plan for how you will save. It's a plan for, for how you will spend so that your spending is under control. Right. Yeah. Now, the thing about it is um, it, you didn't budget for a while, right? You just kind of went on mm-hmm. the seat of, off the seat of your pants. Um mm-hmm. When I, I did purchase, I did bank account the thing that you just described yeah. very well down to the cent. Good for you. Yeah. And when you made a purchase that you knew was not a good one, mm-hmm. how did that make you feel? Uh, honestly, I don't. I think where I was before I 
I didn't feel much about it. Really? Um, no. Well, I the only reason I didn't start feeling anything about it until I was trying to improve and grow and become more disciplined in my finances because I was just okay. kind of used to like that. Was, and, and because I worked at a restaurant for so long, restaurant people get stuck in this. If you spend what you make the night before, you literally get paid the next day. So it doesn't it? It feels like you make more money than you actually do. So I, I I didn't have to do as much like oh I only have two hundred and twenty dollars in the account to last me the next two weeks. It was more like that I made one hundred and eighty bucks last night. I can spend a hundred and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. So, but when I started to try to get better, when I had a salaried job, when I was living on a fixed income, not cash every single day. Mm-hmm. If I made a purchase that was outside of what I had planned to spend, there was this little like nagging voice that would just le- wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah. So let me. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to get at is when mm-hmm. when I wasn't budgeting. Um, every time I made a purchase, I felt a little guilty inside, mm-hmm. just just a tiny bit, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm on a very strict budget that me and Crystal set up together every month. Mm-hmm. When I make a purchase, there's no guilt mm-hmm. because it's in the budget. Amen. Right. And that's the thing about budgeting. And it's, you know, what Jocko always talks about discipline equals freedom. That's right. It and does. it's guilt free spending when it's planned accordingly, right? Yeah. Ahead of time. Mm-hmm. We are going, like, we just, uh, when we purchased our car, you know, that was a huge purchase. Mm hmm but it was budgeted for like two months in advance. Right. Or we just spent a lot of money on plane tickets to New Zealand, which we get mm-hmm. to go to because we're debt free and can do whatever we want now. Or, um, yeah. So these are all things that are budgeted for, and there's absolutely no guilt in it. But mm-hmm. before I'd be making the same purchase, but it wasn't planned for it. Wasn't, it wasn't, there was no money for it. And I was feeling all this anxiety and guilt just build up and build up and build up inside yeah. of me. So yeah. all that to say, a budgeting, even though it's hard at first and it's weird, it may, it actually frees you up to go, okay, this feel this is okay to yeah. buy this new shirt or these new clothes or these headphones, whatever it may be, because it's all part of your plan. Yeah, absolutely. And what, one of the things I've learned, so I've like, Everything that you shared about your story, I did, um, and I'm glad that we got to, you got to. I got to, glad the listeners got to hear some testimony about some people who made some big time mistakes. Because as I pastor people and I get to I learn, talk to people about their money and what's going on, I've, I've learned most people just have no idea how to manage money because no one taught them. Yeah, um, I have like you and I, we were taught, and we just. From like through fifth, that. fifth grade or younger. Yeah, yeah. And we just took that knowledge and we put it out with the recycle every week. We were just like, all right, thanks. <laughs> Most people, though, that I meet were not taught. Um, and so when you hear word like a budget, you're like, oh, oh, it's a spending plan. What am I going to spend? Um, but Spending plan is you, good, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, well, that's that's how I mean. I mean, like a budget's a little bit more encompassing because you got like how much you're going to save and whatnot. But that, um what are you planning on? And, um, what I was going to ask though, is like, where do you think is a, um, the best place to learn? I know I have, I think I know what you're going to say, but if you need to learn just the basics of like how to manage money, 
where do you think you should start? With a yellow legal pad. Okay. And look up, just do a basic search for creating your first budget. Hmm. And here's the thing, you're going to have a lot of different, uh, lot of different resources, mm-hmm. especially these days in the age of information. Yeah. But here, here's what I've experienced when I uh, have helped Pete, my friends, set up a monthly budget for the first time. Yep. They know what their monthly income is roughly, mm-hmm. right? That's the yep. first thing that you need. How much money will I have at my disposal? Mm-hmm. The next thing that you know is your fixed expenses, rent, mm-hmm. food, gas, car insurance. The, yeah, those we call right? those the four walls. Four, four walls, yeah. Fit, yeah. Whatever is fixed every month, your utilities, things like that. Those aren't going to go anywhere. Those mm-hmm. are off the top, right? List those out. And then whatever's left over is going to be what you need to designate towards your next goal. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you see the actual progress be made. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So where to start? You know, I would do a Google search on how to create a, a budget. You can use a yellow legal pad. I like seeing it on paper at first. We mm-hmm. use a spreadsheet. There's so many applications that will mm-hmm. also guide you through setting it up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's good. I thought you were just gonna be like, yeah, just listen to Dave Ramsey. No. Um, good. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, if you can't get on a written plan first, then you're not going to make any progress with the huge yeah. goals that Dave puts out there. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I know so many people that like, they argue, they're like, I just disagree with Dave Ramsey. And then they'll quote a real estate investor and be like, this is how they do it. And I'm like, not even the same category of financial management, like not even at all. Um, Dave is helping families who have salaried jobs, fixed income. They're not trying to become billionaires who are on the Bigger Pockets podcast to talk about how much money they made in real estate. That's not not always he's interested in helping people fix their behavior. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just just repeat what he says all the time. If you're poor, I don't care. <laughs> like, why don't you just do what this person has said to do and just do it? Um, but which brings me to the, I want to talk about the tithe because uh, this is something I've learned a lot. Um, I, so when I didn't make a lot of money, um, I did not tithe because I didn't think I had room to tithe. I didn't have money to tithe. A tithe means 10th. It is the Christian practice. It's also a Jewish practice. Probably all major religions have it in some capacity, uh, but it's the biblical practice of giving 10%, your first 10% back to your local church, not to a charity, um, not to your choice of organization, back to a local church where you are part of a spiritual family. It's a way of dedicating the money to God. Um, and you could get into particulars about the difference between 10% to charity and whatnot. But if you're a Christian, it's to your church because your church is the one who is um, overseeing your soul uh, for a lot of, you know. But you also so, need to keep the lights on, pay the preacher's salary. There's a lot of practical things there. There's a lot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, the a church operates that way. Uh, like our church here, actually, if everybody stopped tithing, the way the church is set up, they've founded a bunch of daycare centers and a school. If everyone in the church stopped tithing, the church could keep operating. 
Um, so the, t- the which is I think is pretty awesome. Um, but the tithe is for the tither. I mean, and mm-hmm. it's for the person who is doing the tithing. Um, and what you're doing, you're taking ten percent off the top. You're giving it back to God. Um, and there's there's a couple things that you get to learn, and then a couple benefits that you get if you're a tither. The first thing that you'd get to learn is uh, money with money, numbers don't always add up, um, which is one of the mysteries that I don't know if we'll ever be able to figure out. Um, you take ten percent, you give it away, and somehow it multiplies to your benefit. Somehow, um, it does. It's amazing. It, it, that is true. I mean, we uh, we tithe throughout our um, giving, paying off debt, you know, 10%. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I shouldn't have, but at one point I did a calculation. We would have been debt-free about three months before we were if we hadn't have been tithing that whole time. Hmm. Maybe That's more. it? Only three Only three months earlier? No, no, it would have been, no, no. I think it was a year and three months. So I don't, I don't remember. It was yeah. like, it, it was painful to see and that's kind of on purpose, right? Yeah. We could have been debt free so much sooner, but we weren't. And that's how many okay. pay raises did you get during that time? Uh, I got one, two, three, four. I got five. Crystal, I yeah. think, got two. Yeah, that's a lot of pay raises in a two a twenty one month period. Um, because so when you are when you are a Christian. Uh, and when you are a tither, I'm not saying that, uh, tithe. So you become rich. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you now enter into God's provision and things just add up differently. Um, like someone gives you a car when you don't deserve a car. Um, or not even that happened to me, or you're like Dylan and someone just gives you a car because you need a car. And I got a car for a hundred dollars when I needed a car, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you enter into a, a different kind of provision. So yeah. you look, you learn the numbers don't add up because money is, um, man, I heard a, a, a pastor say this recently. I read it in Daniel Lapin's book. Money is old, ultimately a measure of trust. And the amount of money you have is largely determined by how much God trusts you with what you have. Um, mm-hmm. it was like the Matthew principle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. That's great. Um, and I, I don't know, I couldn't explain to you exactly how it works, but I promise you, you get access to different resources. You're taken care of differently when you're willing to give back, when you're willing to tithe and give back to God with that is, which, which is his. But yeah, it's not supposed to be explainable because it's, mm-hmm. in some aspects, it's a miracle mm-hmm. in that. In yeah. That, and that's why it's not explainable is um, yeah. like, so for example, let's take the money aspect out of it. When you go to church and you're worshiping and everything feels good and the, the preacher will ask, how much do you trust God? Mm-hmm. If you love God as we're commanded to do so, we should trust him wholly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a W H O L L Y with everything. Yeah. If you trust God, then you wouldn't have a problem giving up 10%. Your first in person too. I remember uh, I had a com- this co- same conversation with a friend who, yeah, he said I I can't afford to tithe. Um, you can't afford not to tithe. And but he, you know, he couldn't afford to tithe, and then he bit into his uh, Chipotle burrito. 
(laughs) (laughs) I just can't afford it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So, uh, there's that aspect of it too. I remember, um, this was when I was still in a lot of debt. Um, I created this like forecasting spreadsheet with, Mm -hmm. you know, and I found out by, by the end of March with my most recent pay raise, I'm going to have an excess of, I want to say it was like, um, you know, X amount of money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey, I have this. That's, that's going to be great. I'll pay off some debt with it. Right. Yeah. And then a friend uh, literally called me like 10 minutes later and was like, hey, my um, uh, funding for school didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I, I was supposed to get some student loans and apparently they, they, they just changed the I program. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how much is it going to be? And it was like, it was like something like $15 difference. Wow. between how much this guy owed and then how much I would have in excess. Yeah. And then he's like, so, well, hang on. I got to add like the student fees or whatever. And then boom, yeah. it was like within a dollar. Yeah. So I was like, okay, God, way to make it clear. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that, and that was directly out that I did not put that on a credit card. That was directly yeah. out of my, my checking account yeah. that that happened. Yeah. I have a story like that too. When I was an intern, um, I needed a car. My car broke and someone gave me a car, just gave me a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needed, when they gave it to me, it needed $2,400 worth of repairs. And I was like, well, you can't complain about that because, um, you know, I just got a free car, but I didn't have $2,400. So I couldn't really drive this car. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I fortunately lived close enough to the church to make do for a little bit, but, um, filed my taxes. Like this was right around when tax season came up and I got a $1,500 return. I was like, okay, that's great. I got $1,500 coming. Um, and like two weeks later when it was deposited into my account, I walk into a church on a Sunday. I haven't told a, a soul about, um, the need, the money for this car. I haven't told anybody. And a guy named Kohlberg walks up to me. Kohlberg, he's a great guy, walks up to me and goes, hey, man, I was praying and I just felt like God wanted me to um, write this write this check for you. And he just wants to know that he's proud of you or whatever. And I open up the check. It's $900. I'm like, I need $2,400 to fix my car. And I got $2,400. That's like, crazy. You, it, it's actually crazy. You enter into a different, um, like a you enter into a different provision other than, th- in, other than what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got plenty of stories about that. And one of the things that was like so interesting is I wasn't really tithing at that time, but I was given up just, just a little bit, a little bit of what I had. Um, and I could, I told you earlier, I couldn't get over that $30,000 mark. One was behavior. I couldn't stop what I was spending, but I also wasn't tithing. I'm working for a church. I'm not tithing because I feel like I'm too poor. And, um, I, uh, felt a deep conviction that it was time to like make a change. Mm. And so I started tithing on my tiny little salary and it was like, I think it was like $70 is what it every two weeks is what it ended up being after taxes, what I was making. And, um, right around that time, somebody paid off a, uh, a $10,000 loan for me. Mm-hmm. I remember just that. Disappe- mm-hmm. 
um, paid off a ten thousand dollar loan for me. But you didn't. And you you hadn't even told anyone. Remember, I told like, no. I, I, if well, I, I remember no, right, you had like brought it up as like a prayer request, wasn't it? I did. Um, yeah, I brought it up as a prayer request to uh, um, some of the pastors at my last church at Red Rocks Church, and uh, I have a theory about who paid it off, but I don't have it. I don't have exact info, but it was paid off. Mm-hmm. So someone paid a debt on my behalf um, within like a couple of weeks of of me tithing. Which, if you see my eyes, I'm a little cry over here because that. <laughs> um, yeah um, that was amazing um and then i got a i got my first ever pay raise over 30 grand it was like which is amazing and at the time you're like 30 you got over 30 grand bro you could have worked any other job and i'm like i did and i couldn't get past that little thing because i've lived i live in a different kingdom i live in a different world mm-hmm. um and there were some things that i had to learn the hard way so um, I got bumped up to 35. By the time I got married, I was making 50. And the difference in time was about a year. Um, But I was tithing the whole time. And to this day, me and Chelsea have never missed a tithe. But one of the things that did happen is we switched from tithing on our net income to on our gross income because it says first fruits. It's like, um, and this is a conviction I have. You could argue it both ways. But the tithe is your first tenth. And just because the government automatically takes money from me before I see it doesn't mean it's not what I had earned. Um, so we tithe on our gross, um, our gross pay. And yeah, it's significantly more money because the government takes quite quite a chunk. But like in the period of time between when I started tithing and today, I've gotten over $50,000 probably in in pay raises plus plus that loan gift. Wow. Do you like you you can't add that stuff up. And am I the richest person in the world? No, yes. I live with my in-laws. So but right. but I'm I like what I want people to hear is just like a testimony from tithing matters and it takes you into a dip, it takes it lets God know that you trust him enough to take care of you and that you don't have to do life on your own. Yeah. Um, which is and, like one of the big things I want men to learn from this podcast. Is like you're going to be a shadow of the man that God designed you to be. If you try to do this without him mm-hmm. and man, that is, that's so real. Yeah. Yeah. You have to submit to the process. And that's what I was um, earlier. I'd mentioned like you go to, you know, the, how much do you trust in God mm-hmm. and submitting to that in a providential ma- manner, I think is more difficult for men um, yeah. because we want to mm-hmm. do it on our own. Yeah. And especially when we, what is a woman's number one fear in a marriage? Financial security, financial, insecurity. financial insecurity. Yeah. That is the number one fear that women have Yeah, because they hear all yeah. these stories about people going broke, going bankrupt rather because of all, all sorts of different things. And then as a yeah. man, you bear that responsibility and you want to provide, but first you're told that yeah. you have to give up 10%. That is a hard thing and yeah. it's meant to be hard. Oh yeah. And you know, doing hard things is uncomfortable for a reason. Doing hard yeah. things is good for your soul. Yeah, absolutely. It's so it's so good for your soul. That's so true. Amen. Um the so did you know that in Genesis when when God curses at he like the consequences of 
for the snake, for Eve, and then for Adam. Mm-hmm. It says that um, um, by the sweat of your brow, um, you will bring forth vegetation from the earth. By the sweat of your brow, that means you will that like it's a what's what's the word? Barking up the wrong tree is a uh, no. It's not a simile. It's not a metaphor. It's a it's an idiom. It's an idiom for uh, you will do your work with anxiety, wondering if you're going to make enough. Interesting. That's what that that's what that means. And yeah, so the tithe is God's gift to humanity to break that, ooh, am I going to make enough? Am I going to make enough? Am I going to make enough? And um, what it comes down to, like, it's the also the only command where God says, test me on this. Test me. It's the only one. Um, and where is that? Is that in Habakkuk? Um, he says, test me. Um, test me. I'm doing a quick Google search. Test me on this, says the Lord. Uh, Malachi 3.10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be none who can contain it. Um, So all that to say, like, because remember, money is just not... Um, it's not just about money. What's that thing mom used to say? It's not about this, it's, but it's about that. Mm-hmm. Um, with money, there's always that underlying thing. And one of the things that I hope men can learn, um, not just from the testimony that you shared and from what I shared, uh, well, one, uh, it's not too late for you to turn your life around uh, for sure and make better choices. Um, it's not too late for you to receive grace and mercy and help in your present time of need. But also, this is a great chance for you to learn that God will, God's going to take care of you. Um, he will, he will take care of you. He promised and you can trust him to take care of you and you don't have to do it all on your own. And money is the first place you're going to find out that measure, but I'm willing to bet you're trying to go about the rest of your life on your own and it's beating you down Hmm. like listeners and you don't have to live that way because it's not about this, but it's about that. And that was a little more serious than I thought I was going to get. So tell a joke about cats. Cats are the worst. A dog you got anything else to add? A dog less than 50 pounds is a cat and cats are pointless. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ron no, Swanson. Yep. Yeah. So you had asked me about the practical steps and then we went into all the behavior stuff like really quickly. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. I'll, um, I'll just go over the practical steps that we use, um, real quick. And this is what I said on the Dave Ramsey show is we, we got made it so that we are all a month ahead on our expenses at all times. That's such good advice. So our direct deposits go straight to our savings account. Mm -hmm. Then on the 25th of every month, we reconcile and create reconcile last month's budget, create next month's budget and transfer the amount that we need over to our checking for spending mm-hmm. for rent and all those sorts of things. Um, get, getting that one month ahead is huge. Okay. Cause I, I mean, I have used to have coworkers who um, they would complain that our paychecks were going to be on the fifth of the month. How are rent is due on the first. <laughs> right. You, you know yeah. that you get paid every other Friday, you know that yeah. and you, you yeah. can't adjust for that. That's, for lack yeah. of a better word, that's kind of pathetic um, <laughs> as an adult, right? Getting sure. a month ahead, you don't care when you get, I, I don't care that I get paid. 
mm-hmm. or when I get paid rather. Um, yeah. It, uh, it, cause I'm, I'm just going to transfer it over on the 25th of every month. And that's that I did it uh, mm-hmm. just on Friday. It's the 24th. Um, but mm-hmm. regardless, cap. So that's, that's the first step. The next thing is you have to Simon Sinek says, start with why, right? Yeah. As a single man, or if you're married or if you're in a couple, whatever, mm-hmm. you have to prioritize your goals. Mm-hmm. I their prioritization should be you know paying off your high interest debt and then building an emergency fund and then or those can be switched and then investing. But sometimes people mm-hmm. just want to ignore their debt and start paying for a start saving for a house. You know there there's it doesn't matter that the order of that can be changed. What matters more is that you in are on, on a clear goal and then. If you're in a couple, you need to be on the same page. Yeah. Crystal and I just sat down and said, hey, we're going to New Zealand. I'm going to be mm-hmm. taking some training. I need to go be going back to school. And we want to have a fully six-month funded emergency fund. But all by this date, we laid yeah. out exactly how we're going to get there before we leave for New Zealand. And yes. boom. It's very yes. clear. There's no room for amb- ambiguity with this stuff. I want to just pause on what you just said. Uh, if you are married, do not budget alone. Don't come mm-hmm. up with plans without your spouse. Um, and if you're if you're a man and she does the budgeting, don't let her come up with a budget without you. You guys are a team. You do it together. Mm-hmm. She doesn't manage the money. You guys manage the money. Mm-hmm. You don't manage the money. You guys manage the money. You have shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's so that's many huge. things about that, but I won't. We won't go there. Yeah, and I mean, we, so Crystal and I used to we'd sit down and create the budget together every month. Now mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same every month. So I just do the reconciliation, yeah. and then she checks it to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Yeah, it's kind of different, but it's the same thing. We're on the same page, right? And we're yeah. accountable to each other. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of that, if you're in a couple, I highly recommend not being on your own bank account. Yeah, merge your accounts. Everything, every dollar that I own, Crystal, unless it's unless we're legally unable to, like she can't be on my IRA account, right? Yeah. But every checking savings account, she's also on. There is no account yeah. that she's on that I'm not on, and that yeah. is for full transparency. I yeah. hate this. Oh well, I contribute. I have my account, and then I contribute this much to the to the joint account for bills. No, 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 no. That that is room for disaster. And then the other piece of that is um, when I worked at the bank, I dealt with this all the time. Couples would um, that shared an account um, mm-hmm. would, if they were about to get a divorce, they'd go in and one would try to drain the account first. Right. And oh, all I my, heard, just heard a story about that recently. Yeah. It's terrible. All my coworkers always said, see, that's why you never share an account when you're married. And I'm like, okay, you're, that means that you're planning to get divorced. Yep. As a Christian, that's mm. not, that's just not a thing. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> also, I don't know how else al- to put it. Also, though, uh, the, the courts are not going to look favorably on the spouse that drained the income. Well, at all. as long as they, if, if they can formulate a trust in the children's name and transfer the money in there, then there's nothing the court can do. That usually didn't happen, though. I've seen it happen multiple times. I know you. Yeah, no. But I also, I also, yeah, worked at at the bank where I 
you know, anecdotal. Um, so you need to be on the same page. Okay. Um, start with why you need to uh, have the same goals, work together, be on the same page. And then um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh. Start there. Control your spending. Just figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Um, Crystal and I decided that we were still going to have our free spending money. Way yeah. more than mom and dad who spend like, I think, $20 a month. Yeah, they're they're boring. Dad way, has like 10 Way like, more dad, than Come on. Way more than Colin and Audrey who have like 10 cents per month. <laughs> Good for them, but no. we I When we first got married, it was like 50 bucks a month. Yeah. That's how much we each got to spend. Still from that same account, but I wasn't accountable to Crystal for if I wanted to buy uh, food or uh, books, whatever I wanted. That's my money. Um, yeah. And it's very key to have that j- just so you have a little bit of freedom to mm-hmm. spend as you want. So yeah. have some, but otherwise, other besides that, control your spending. Don't go out to eat so often. Don't drink so much alcohol. Definitely stop drinking so much alcohol for your body and for your oh, bank account. I, uh, the two Bs. Yeah. But the other thing too on this, and then I'll shut up, your car. Spending mm. excess money on a car is the most ridiculous thing. Okay. I had a coworker <laughs> who every year went into the Toyota dealership and leased the next brand, most brand new car possible. Wasn't it a Tundra? Uh, he would get? It was a Tacoma for the 2022, and then he went in and got the 2023 Camry the second it was available. And mm. he's like, oh, it's so convenient. They're so nice to me. All my information is in their system. It's like, yeah, they're making so much money off of you. Yeah, and then the $600 same, a month. Yeah, the same person would complain that they could never move out of their parents' house, that they're never going to make enough money. You know, there's all the, right, that's all these behavior issues. You, at yeah. some point, you get to a, car, a point in your life where you're like, this Lumi is great. For those uh, well, of you listening, wait, hold on, hold on. If you, the way you said that was disrespectful to what the Lumina is. If you're listening, look up 2000 Chevy Lumina. Yeah, I'm prepared is, to have your mind blown by the best the, car in America. That is the car that Keaton drove, and then he gave it to me for free. And so, one, it's the only car that we have working as of today. Yeah, that's it's the car a, I bought for a hundred dollars for yes. my buddy. So, well, so, act, kind of. I sold the car that I got for free to a mechanic when the transmission went out for 700 and Garrett sold me that Lumina with 74,000 miles on it for $800. So within 24 hours, I had spent $100 of my own money on a car that and that car has never, never had mechanic problems. Ever. Well, yeah, earlier. Well, maybe year. when you started driving, I know I'm the curse. So all that to say, you have to get to this point where you don't care. Chelsea was so mad at me for buying that car. Oh, I know. And then she, and she now came she to loves love it. it. Yeah, because it's 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 very comfortable. But also, you realize that you don't a car. The purpose of a car is transportation from A to B. Yeah. Our now cars are about a status symbol, and there's so much to say that in America, uh, our luxuries have become uh, to be seen as a necessary expense when it's just something yeah. basic, right? Food used to be like something that could be a shortage, but we go out to restaurants and spend 20 times as much as we should on the same meal that we could make at home just for the convenience. And now it seems like a necessity to be able to go out every Friday night or whatever. That is a sign of, um, entitlement, entitlement. Yeah. We, we have 
we keep on moving the goalposts of what is expected to be necessary as a as a consumer and it's yeah and normal pathetic and normal yeah it's constantly mm. expanding but it's a it's a mindset when you get up to the stoplight and you don't care that the other person is like looking at you like your car is making some weird noises dude and you're like yeah, it's done that for the last 60,000 miles, and I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, point, it was only 300 bucks, whatever. The point of this vehicle is to get me to the store, get me to work, and back. I don't care about the rest as long as it yeah. does that reliably. Uh, yeah, so. plus, men, uh, there's going to come a day when you, if you're not married, you will be married, and you're you're going to have to buy your wife a nice car. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's going to want to she's going to want a car to haul around your kids, and. Uh, so just keep that in mind. You you will always be driving the lesser. You should be driving the lesser vehicle. Right. You remember that's Garrett told a story or told me once I was getting all up in fits about something Chelsea wanted to buy. It was a pair of boots. She wanted me to buy them. They were $150. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. They're actually the boots I'm wearing right now. And um, I, this is right before we got married. It was for our engagement photos and, she had traveled to Colorado to come like do these engagement photos with her friends. And it was a whole thing. And I'm like, she wants to buy these boots and they're $150. And I'm like complaining to Garrett and Garrett who has been married five years. He's just listing. And he goes, sometimes you just got to buy the damn boots. (laughs) One of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten for marriage. So sometimes you're going to have to buy a car for your woman She's not, you might be willing to drive the cheap beater car to save y'all some money. She's not. And mm-hmm. she's a queen. Treat her like a queen. And uh, what, what year is the Jeep that Chelsea drives? 2010. Okay. So 13 years old. Not yeah, a, we're, not a one year no. old nice car, right? It's still no, older. <laughs> no, we're, we're about to uh, pay cash for a Toyota Highlander. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And we've been saving for that one for for quite a while. And then I'll get the Jeep. So I'll get the 13-year-old car instead of the current car that I have that is a 2001. It's 22 years old. Yeah. And uh, you're going to sell that to me as well? Because I need a new car now. Well, that's No, I'll let you guys handle that. But anything else still? We're at an hour and 18 minutes. Anything no. else before we wrap up? No, I got to go pee, so I'm good. <laughs> Hey, it's always keeping it real here on the Man I Want to Be podcast, as it should be. Well, Dill, thanks for joining. Hey, if you like this episode, please like and subscribe. Share it with a friend. Hey, maybe consider starting a small group with guys at your church. That would be a great idea um, to use this content to help other men grow into the men that they want to be. Um, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. That help us helps us out a lot. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.